Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on May 22nd, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There, you'll find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's pastoral intern Emily Benja with the Gospel reading. Scripture reading from the Gospel of John, the 14th chapter. Jesus answered him, Those who love me will keep my word and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from God who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still here. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom God will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not let them be afraid. You had me say to you, I am going away, and I am coming to you. If you love me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father, because God is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. This passage is part of Jesus' farewell to his disciples on the night of his betrayal. The verses that precede this, the disciples have been told that Jesus is about to leave them. And naturally, the disciples become very anxious They are anxious about the future and where Jesus is going, why he cannot take them with him, and where they're going to be when he leaves. We join today in this passage with Jesus' response to their anxiousness. He promises that he will send them an advocate, a companion, the Holy Spirit. And in that promise, Jesus proclaims to the disciples his everlasting presence with them. But that is not all that Jesus' response is. He continues with his words, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. The disciples that we meet in this passage probably don't even fully appreciate these words at this moment. Because you see, these disciples that we meet today have not yet lived through the traumatic event of losing their friend. They haven't watched him being tortured. They haven't seen him being betrayed by one of their own. They have not felt the pain and despair of losing their Messiah, or much less understood the burden of persecution that awaits them in the future after his death. But Jesus knows And perhaps he anticipates meeting them again when they were after his death, when they're hiding out in secrecy. Jesus proclaims his peace over the disciples. The peace that he proclaims in this passage, he says, is not given from this world. 
And if we remember the first words Jesus tells the disciples who he meets in the future, he says to them, peace be with you. Elizabeth Johnson, who is, who is a blogger and wrote for The Working Preacher this week, wrote this about the Greek word used for peace in this passage. She said, it is very similar to the Hebrew word and it signifies more than the absence of conflict. It is a profound and holistic sense of well-being. It is a kind of peace which the world cannot give, but only comes from God. If you remember in my last sermon, I wondered why Jesus entered the room of frightened disciples with a proclamation of peace instead of announcing his presence. Well, perhaps Jesus is actually doing that because he is calling on the spirit inside of them to jolt the disciples' memories of this night to this promise of peace that cannot be taken away from them. As I got ready to write this sermon this week, I have to confess that I really was challenged by the role of the Holy Spirit in my own life. I, of course, understand the theological role of the Holy Spirit. Well, I affirm what the scholars have written about the role of the Holy Spirit. Like what Martin Luther writes in his explanation of the Apostles' Creed. He writes this, I believe that I cannot by my own reason or strength believe in Jesus, my Lord, or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way, he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus in one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. Uh, this is most certainly true. I agree with a lot of what Martin Luther writes in this, but I also long for an understanding of this promise of Jesus that Jesus gives to the disciples, of this companion, the spirit of truth, who will teach all things and remind me of things that, it, that I may have forgotten in the midst of troubles. I long for what we hear in Acts, for what Paul and Silas have, the dreams, the, the speaking in tongues, the prophecies, the healing touch, and all of, all of that stuff. So as I reflected on this, I was also caught with, what, with Lydia's presence in the Acts text. She did not have any dreams, nor did she speak in tongues or prophesy. She didn't even go out to seek for the gospel. She was a worshiper of God, known by the Holy Spirit, and also claimed. So in the dream, the Spirit leads Paul and Silas to her and baptize her and her entire household. It was here that I was reminded again that God's spirit dwelling among us does not have to be always flamboyant or grandiose or even visible to others. The spirit shows up sometimes with fiery tongues, 
dreams, prophecies, and miracles. In other times, the Spirit works through others, sending people like Paul with message of hope and good news. But she also works in ordinary ways, in the promise of God who gives us shalom in the midst of a pandemic, in the inspiration to speak up against injustice, in the urge to seek reconciliation when it feels and seems like it's so far off, in the stranger who smiles at you every day, even though they don't know who you are, in prayers, in companionship, and so much more. For me, the Holy Spirit has shown up in my life in many ways. And a lot of the times, it's very ordinary things. The one that is so profound to me is the way that I ended up at Luther Seminary. I was at that time trying to get back into school. I had a scholarship and I was going to go back and do counseling. For a long time, I had been praying and trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And as soon as I realized that two things I wanted to do was to actually help people and just have conversations to help people figure out what's going on with their lives, I thought to myself, aha, I'm going to be a counselor. What, what better thing to do with myself? And so I started my application and it was maybe three days and Pastor John came to me and told me about Luther's program. And in the beginning, I thought, uh, I don't know about that. I cannot be a pastor at all. But after a while, I realized the reason I loved counseling was because I could get a chance to actually talk to people and walk with them and be a companion with them through whatever life journey that they were in at that moment. So I decided I was going to try out and see what it felt like to be at seminary. And if I didn't like it, I was gonna go right back into counseling and just forget that ever happened. And here I am today, being a pastor to all of you for the past two years. And this has been the most exciting journey of my life. I have never imagined that I would be here and never in my life did I think that I would ever be a pastor wearing this collar or even preaching to anyone. But the Holy Spirit does work in mysterious ways. And for me, it was like Lydia. I do not possess any prophecies. I don't dream about the future and know what is going to happen. But I do know that I have the Holy Spirit inside of me. And I am able to accompany people and be with them and be the presence of God with them on this journey. So I'm going to ask you to to take a moment right now to find a piece of paper and a pen to write down on that piece of paper something that you can remember the Holy Spirit doing in your life or something that you accompanied someone with that you knew was out of, not from you, but really out of the ordinary. And once you're done, I will request that you hold it up in your, your hand and then I'll give a thanksgiving prayer for that. So I'm going to give us a little bit of a moment to do that. Holy Spirit, gracious and loving parent, we give you thanks for your presence in ways known and unknown to us for companionship and guidance, for the transformation and healing, 
for the gifts of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, generosity, and charity we share together. We lift all of these testimonies to you, celebrating and praising your presence with us. We ask that you walk with us and deliver us in times of trouble. Lead us in paths of justice so that we may know the joy of trusting in you. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.